<laughs> no, this is like no. I'll, last we don't know how we want to start it yet, obviously, because this is fucking. Bro, I said play fucking music, bro. The music sounds awful. I tried. It sounds really bad. And then I tried you doing the talking into well, it. Well, everybody, welcome to the boys of seven one eight. There you go. It's Matt, Mitch, Frankie. We don't know why Frankie's here. He's rocking with us. And Ethan, we got a special guest this week, Phil Garcia. How you doing, What's Phil? Up, guys? What's up, boys? Not too bad. Just uh, season's kind of over, but the season doesn't really end. So uh, we're going to be working some men's league games and then, uh, you know, whatever youth stuff's rolling around. Have uh, very excited to work some squared hockey. <laughs> you know what they say, all roads lead to beer league, so. Yeah, I've I've been playing and it's fuck. I hate men's league. I hate men's league so much. <laughs> it's like such a weird experience. Ethan, you'll experience this soon enough. I played it's just here. Oh, did you? Yeah, we won the championship. <laughs> You're a like Jay Wu, weird... that's right. Huh? You're a Jay Wu? Uh yeah. Are you playing? I was, but I got into a car accident, so we'll see how the offseason treats me, and if I'm good enough, I'll play. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, so no. So no. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, boys. Cool. <laughs> um matt's dying so uh, uh i'm gonna just bring up real quick um i did my first uh, nhl um betting sports this weekend and i was completely fucked over um i bet on a goalie to get over 27 and a half saves and they, everyone in the in the boys uh chat said go under but i did the bet beforehand and it, he went over for about nine minutes and then ESPN was like, fuck you. And they took away one save. So he was at 27 and the line was 27 and a half. So. Sounds I, like ESPN do. Yeah. So I, I was distraught that I lost my money. Uh, and I heard, uh, I know that uh, Mitch, I know that you just started doing uh, some betting yourself. Yeah. Let's go. How did that uh, parlay go for you last night, Mitch? Um, awful because the Hurricanes decided to to shit the bed. Nope. Nope. That's good for the and rain. That, and, and that ruined my entire thing. And then I actually took what you – I actually said we put what you said about putting the Devils at plus one and a half. It didn't hit because the Rangers won by two. Uh, but – Which was surprising to everybody. Not me. Yes. No way. Ethan's that one fan who has confidence in his team, no matter how badly they're about to lose. (laughs) He still thinks the Rangers could have beat the Kings in 2013. That that, that is no way. No, that was was not their year. Neither is this year or any year, but we're getting closer. (laughs) They're going to be a very good playoff team. And when I say very good playoff team, they may make it past the first round. I'll I'll take that. For as young of a team as they are, I would be. I would actually be happy with a first round win. The Rangers are going to be the new Leafs. Nobody's beating the Leafs, man. No the, one's the, beating Le- the Leafs are going to keep that name forever. <laughs> <laughs> the Leafs will become as become the new Leafs. Are they even yeah, going to make? It? No, they're looking to pick up an All Star at the draft. They're gonna. Ow, they're just ow. gonna. They're gonna tank it. No, I'm fucking kidding. 
How likely is that going to happen, though? Listen, it, I, I, the draft is so unpredictable. Like, you don't even want to – you don't even want to be – I don't know. If, if I'm a GM, I would not want to be at the draft. Like, I would not want to be a draft lottery. Like, you may think I'm crazy, but, like, I'd rather – like, those teams that say, like, oh, hey, we're going to tank so we could pick up, like, the next McDavid, it's a dumb – I think it's the dumbest thing ever. Just, just win, the fucking, win the fucking season. I think it's dumb just for the fact that you can't guarantee that the next McDavid's coming out. No, yeah, you like, can't. Like, look at Cap Capo. We, everybody thought he was going to be better than Hughes. Both of them have been subpar in their first three years. But nothing. Hughes like, started to pick it up, though. Yeah. Gotta give him credit for that. He started to pick it up. He's picking it up. He's just in such a bad situation over in Jersey right well, now. He's, that, he's hurt. They shut him down this year. Oh. For the rest of the year, mm-hmm. yeah, smart move. Yeah. There's no point. No. Yeah, no. That, but like the the last Devils game I saw actually was when they played Florida. They were up five to one. I turned the game off and. Well, I think we lost you, buddy. Yeah. That was a nice thirty seconds of silence right there, though. <laughs> I was hoping to. So, <laughs> so if his audio, if his audio feels like picking back up, Phil, why don't you tell the fans a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah. So born and raised in Brooklyn, um, played a lot of my youth hockey for Abe Stark. Uh, I was probably one of the first player, Oh, one of the first teams to play out of aviator. Um, whenever they opened up, I don't even, when did they open up? I want to say it was like 20, uh, actually 2008, 2009. Yeah. I played there in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, so something like that. I was, I was like, we were, we had like this mishmash of like the Leonard brothers, like Sacco played. Uh, literally every kid, every Brooklyn kid in the seven zero one eight was playing for Aviator at that point. I was playing with Schmalix's two older brothers, Luke and Matt, um, and Johnny was running around like a fucking loose cannon around the rink. Um, <laughs> Bro, he still is. Dude, that that kid that kid would run into a brick wall if any <laughs> any of the brothers just said to, like they would beat the living piss out of him <laughs> as a kid. It was like you think about it, you're like, oh shit, like maybe that was bad, but like no, it was it was it, it was just a little brother. It was so much fun. His mom was actually the first person to get me to eat a vegetable. Fun fact for you, mom's. Love that. What, what's the mom's name? Does anybody know Mrs. Smalix's name? Yeah, I think it's Joey. That is, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's fantastic. So yeah, uh, after youth hockey, played um, played uh, 16U AAA with Rockets and the Hitmen. Played two years, three years of junior with the Hitmen, and then uh, went o- went over to uh, Northern Cyclones for like a month. Came back to Aviator to play for. Uh, the junior team, which was out of the NA3, and then stayed with Stanway to play for Long Beach. Um, the only year Long Beach was ever good, and then uh, Mike decided to leave and go back to Aviator. So, I wouldn't uh, say that. Th- this year they actually were pretty good. I got, yeah, they to, were de- I got to watch them in the showcase in Blaine, and they, that program's actually on its way up again. Yeah, really? Yeah. I don't, North, I don't Northeast have a- and Long Beach definitely are – 
the division out in the East isn't the best, but it definitely is picking up. Like they're starting to make close the gap. I don't have the I don't have the pleasure of working Long Beach, um, or the NA three too much because we only have Northeast around here, and yeah. like, like I went down to work a game in Danbury, worked down a worked down worked down in uh, Norwich with that the the. Sea captains, <laughs> yeah, the sea captains. Oh it was my their God. first year this year. Uh, yeah, so worked a game there. Um, I don't have the luxury of working the NA3 too, too much, which uh, Mags, I'm kind of thankful for. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I enjoy the NA3, I've, I've really been enjoying it this year. So, like, I, I, I don't see why not playing, playing or being a coach in the NA3, NA3 can't be too bad, but. Well, actually, looking back at junior hockey, like being a player in the NA3 was pretty, pretty tough. But, like, uh, I don't know. I couldn't imagine, like, going into rinks now and, and like, trying to get commitments. Like, how, do, how does that work for you? Like, are you getting a lot of kids committed out of, out of the NA3, out of Great, great, uh, great Falls? Surprisingly, yeah. Like, I know we're not around a lot of schools, but I, I give credit to COVID for this one. Just everybody can watch hockey now. It's so mm. out there. There's not a shortage of video on players anymore. So we get emails from schools. We get guys calling about our players. And even our, we've been teaching our guys to reach out and start the process themselves. And that's mm-hmm. been helping them get contacts. When we went to Blaine, we had a line going out our door for teams coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I like – I always, I always give advice to like the young players, go play for a junior team in an area that you want to go to school in. So for example, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I kind of, it worked backwards for me. I went to Finlandia, but I played at school in, in New York. So like, it really yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter, matter where you play much. anymore. It uh, matters on how much you put into it. When yeah. players actually care and put the work in, it's going to show more for them than it would if they just went play juniors by their school and their, and the school doesn't even know who they are. Yeah, I've, 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 def- I've definitely seen guys that work their tail off, tails off every day in and out of the rank, and they got, they got rewarded for it by either playing some high-level club school or a mid-tier D3 school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like, look at you. Like, you're playing over at Rutgers now. You started at, uh, where are you, Penn? Yeah, Penn State. Burks. Penn yeah, State so Burks. Like, yeah, but, like, I was always – so, like, for, I guess, people that don't know, I, I used to train Mitchie over here. We used to spend a lot of yep. long days at the ring together. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, no, like, you're definitely one of those kids that, like, worked his tail off and, like, you know, you started playing hockey late and – you know, you went to play college hockey, you know, it's not D3 or NCAA, but like still like you fucking made it. College hockey is college I'm, hockey. I'm just playing just so I can say, hey, I played college hockey. I did this. I got here. I got here for for some reason. So we play for the apparel nowadays. That's, yeah, all, like, that's all we play but like, for. But like that's such a like, like, like perfect example. Like I'm like Becker went under and like I'm not going to be getting any free clothes anymore. I'm not going to be buying clothes. <laughs> <laughs> that was me my last year of juniors. I was just like, you know what? I really want the t-shirts. I'm running out of clothes. So, so when, Be- when Becker went under, um, 
when Becker went under, our coach came in with like a sh- like a shit ton of equipment, uh, shells. Uh, what do we get? Shells, practice jerseys, um, some different apparel here and there. So I was like, all right, I have a question. I'm like, what are you doing with the skate sharpener? He's like, it's mine. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> fucker. I'm like, so I'm like, and then we, I don't know if you guys have them in your room, Mags or, or Cats or uh, E. Uh, you guys have like the big coaches board. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like the, 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 we had that. The big master plan board. So we had one of those. And I was like, hey, Mike, like, what are you, uh, younger, what are you doing with the board? He's like, if you guys even think about, taking that board <laughs> i'm gonna fuck you guys up i'm like oh okay <laughs> we got Last... one of those in our office and we got one in the locker room dude if it ever went under out here i that's the first thing i'm stealing that's yeah, the first oh, thing you're stealing first thing i i so for me skate sharpener first and i'd probably go to the board next i've sharpened <laughs> my skates maybe once in the past three years well i mean you're a goalie so you don't really need them well, I do use Katz's old skates now. Yeah, no, I sold them my old skates. It, it's hard to be an assistant coach wearing goalie skates on the ice, man. That's just dusty, bro. That's just do they dusty. smell? Oh, they're the worst skates ever, man. They, <laughs> I, I'm, we only practice for an hour and a half. I get off the ice and my feet are killing me. I bought I bought Ayuchi's old skates. I still I still have them somewhere. Actually, he has like he's like the only person to wear anything underneath a size seven and a half at aviator i bought, <laughs> I bought his i bought his skates those things killed they were bauer oh my god you remember like old bauer like total ones yeah yeah oh, those were yeah. those i still have they're somewhere they are somewhere those skates are older than ethan probably yeah uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh yeah cats what skates did you even give give me uh i gave you my old super tax that were just beat to shit yeah, yeah they, you, it feels like it he would skate like four times a week in those without i would doubt. skate like four to five times a week about one to two times a day all i know like, is the sole in it dude there's an arch on the side of my foot my feet are hanging like on a diagonal slant when i'm in them. yeah oh my god yeah no i've i've worn those things to literal shit i i'm not I mean, even exaggerating how many hours do you think you logged on the ice at Aviator while you were working there? Me? Oh. A week. A week. A week? Bro, there would be days I worked 15 hours. On the ice, in skates? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't miss those. <laughs> neither, neither do I. Honestly, I neither do I. I just, I just love to go on like and coach and just stand there and look pretty. That's, That's what coaching all is. Well, yeah, but still, I'm just saying that's what that's what I look forward to the most when I go on. Yeah. So, Phil, with the career that you've had and the length that you played, what are some of your favorite memories from the road? Uh, believe it or not, the the two coolest experiences that I've had playing hockey were actually out of retirement. So. <laughs> So while I was playing, it was really not that fun. <laughs> um, no, but to be honest with you, the so the two coolest experiences uh, that I've had was definitely playing with Team Puerto Rico. Um, this past, uh, it, at this point, it'd be two weeks now. And uh, like going there, it was just like a fantastic group of guys. Like we had, we had people from all over the place. We had guys from Florida, 
uh, Massachusetts. Actually, Katsy, you know Dylan Garcia? Yes, I do. He was there too? Yeah, yeah he was there. Really? Uh, That's was, pretty cool. Yeah, he was there running amok. Um, oh, the usual. And um, so Florida, Mass, New York, uh, and then a- – We lost you again. And- oh, we lost you, man. Phil's in his own world. He's going with it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just rocking with it. And, like, in all one area, it's so fucking cool. It's so cool. Um, then besides that, I uh, played it. I w- went to the NHL Combine for officiating. And that was a cool experience just because you're wearing an NHL sweater um, every day and, you know, get an opportunity to do that. So, like, that was fantastic. Are you looking to work your way up in the refing world? Yeah, man. Like, I don't I – don't... Listen, I don't know what, like, I didn't even know how, how I was going to get to, like, play Division three college hockey. A lot of people told me I wasn't going to do that, you know, as a player. And, like, as an official, like, you really don't know kind of, like, what the path is because, you know, there's guys that I went to the officiating combine with, and now they're in the AHL. So, like, there's really no path for, uh, for an official. So, you know, I'm kind of just taking every game – with you know good attitude and you know skate skate the game appropriately you know whether it's kids you know making sure the kids are having fun make sure make sure they're you know learning the rules properly and and whatnot and you know coach you know coaches at that level they don't know as well or they think they know and it's trying to find like that common ground between coaches and players um but as far as officiating goes, I do the I work the junior stuff now as a referee. I line the college stuff, and um, I'm blessed, man. It's 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 such a humbling opportunity to kind of go out there and like you have no skin in the game. Like you're you're actually there just to put the game on and make sure the game has a good show. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to work like AHL Division One hockey, whatever that looks like. Um, I don't know about the NHL yet. It's a tough life, man. Do you think it's as as rewarding as playing was? Officiating? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's a good question. I never thought about that. Um, I want to say yes and no. So, like, here's the thing with it, and like, Katsy will get this, and E, you'll get this too. Like, when you're training, when you're training as a player, and like, you know. Catsy's Catsy's a couple of years underneath me. You're a few years underneath me. Like when we're skating with like those younger guys, and like, dude, they walk you or something. You're like, fuck. Like, how did this kid walk me? But also at the same time, like this kid is, you know, you know, you're gonna see that kid somewhere else, you know, if if he's handled correctly. That's um, that's funny. Just because that was the same reason I knew I was done playing. It was during the COVID season and. My knees were horrible yeah. after my last year of juniors. So I, I became a goalie coach for the team I'm actually assistant coach now of. And I went out to practice with them one day. <laughs> for all those who are not getting to see this, Mitch has just entered his car out of nowhere. <laughs> and he's, he's driving. <laughs> but like I was saying, we were practicing and there was an O2 who just came out and lit me up while practice. And at yeah. that moment, it was just like, if I'm not keeping up with him. I'm not keeping up at, at D3 anymore, man. 
Yeah. So like, I, I, I feel that I feel that 100%, <laughs> but like, yeah. so, so the, the giving back, giving back is just a rewarding experience in general. And I feel that you get to do that more as an official. Cause like I said, you, you have no skin in it, right? You're there for the sole peer, purpose of offi- uh, officiating the game, you know, um, you know, and you really have to be humble, empathetic um, to kind of really understand like the nuances of why coaches get mad, why players are emotional, you know, and only so many people like kind of have that. So like, it's definitely, dude, that's a tough question, man. It's, it's, it's a reward. (laughs) It's it's very rewarding just to give back to the game, just in in any facet, in any facet. Yeah, I know I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, where it's I like, feel that. I know what you're trying to say. Where it's like you put so much time and effort into the game, and just like with coaching, for example, you try showing the kids what you know and what you learned over your your career. Both mm-hmm. could be refing, could be playing, just could be literally just anything in hockey in general. Yeah. Where, where are you heading? <laughs> um, <laughs> go and pick up my girlfriend, actually, from work. Oh. So so you're going to do this podcast with your girl in the car. Oh, God. Okay. John had his girlfriend on mute on FaceTime. Okay. 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 He went <laughs> on mute the entire time. Okay. If we're going to throw John off the bus. The first episode, he was just sitting there quiet the whole time. He was talking to his girlfriend on FaceTime. And then when we talked to him, he would be like, oh, what? And he would just come back into it. So, you know, <laughs> I think it's a little better because Mitch would still uh, participate if you want to. Yeah, I'm still participating in this. <laughs> this is funny. But, like, you're, you're, you're right, though. Like, one thing that I always give to, to players that – no, no, I, I guarantee you'll none of you guys have heard this through your career. It's called like a rap, right? And you see it all the time in pros, you see it all the time in college, and it's kind of like this kind of un untaught this untaught action where like you see a player's numbers and instead of extending, instead of extending the kid into the board and possibly paralyzing him and killing him, you know, because like that's fucked up. What what you're supposed to do is just rap. <laughs> You're supposed to wrap wrap the kid up, like bear hug the kid into the wall. No, no, I've never heard that once from once from a coach. Once from neither have I. I've never heard that before. That's literally the first time I'm ever hearing of it. Yeah, I'm gonna start teaching the kids next season how to do that. Yeah, so it's 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 so like if you see numbers, right? Instead of instead of trying to like you know like if you see the kid like the bottom of the hips, and you'll see the kid like cross check the bottom of the hips, or like the bottom or the top of the numbers it it's like they're not balanced there like their right. center of gravity is off so what you got what you have to do is you grab the whole torso you pull the whole tor- whole torso into the wall and you pin it, it's essentially a pin but it's you're you get your stick in there you get body position you stick them right so he's not going anywhere so anywhere on the ice it's four on four you're not out of position Right. Yeah. Now, if a ref get, gets you on that, is that a holding at all or no? Man, if, if someone if someone calls, so like that's the thing where it's like, you know, I can't sit here and say yes or no for every ref because like I look at it Obviously, this way. Yeah. 
I look at it this way. Like if a, if that player that gets held skates up to me, he's like, Oh, that's a fucking hold. That's a fucking hold. I'm like, you didn't get hit from behind. Right. So like, you, you can't you can't make the cake and eat it too, you know. Pick your battles on that one is basically exactly right. exactly okay. Because I would teach kids how to do that because that's actually more safety for them, and it helps keep the integrity of the game going a little bit. But if yeah, it's not gonna. Be able to get away with it and get penalty for that. Then obviously it's a little hard to. <laughs> I'm laughing. At you. <laughs> He's trying to hold it all together, Max. I, I didn't hear a single word you said. No one heard a word you said. Oh man, uh, yeah. I think he's frozen. Yeah, he just he says gone. internet is bad. I muted myself. Still- I didn't want to blow it, but like, if we just did that, yeah, no. I, well, I, I, I kind of yeah. heard like like two words out of everything he said. Oh, uh, so, here he is. Uh, he's moving. All right, on another note, Phil. So uh, you said you played for uh, Team Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, how was that experience? How'd that make you feel? Uh, dude, it reminded me that I was Puerto Rican. I'm being serious like you know like I went to school like we have you know our like my college team we were you know I guess as diverse as they come like you know we had a couple of black kids and like stuff like that um but like no one no one really Hispanic and like I even think back to like Long Beach Long Beach we had this kid Sada who was Japanese uh Jerome Emmanuel uh he was black Love yeah, Jerome. that great. Jerome's fantastic. <laughs> um, Jerome's fantastic. Um, and then the only, like, in junior, the only other Hispanic kid that I played with was actually this kid Rojas uh, on Aviator. And then, you know, like, I'm, I'm probably forgetting, like, a mixed Hispanic kid here and there. But, like, dude, you know how many times, like, be, like my last name is Garcia, but, like, you know, like I'm more Italian or like I identify more as Italian or whatever, you know, and then like you kind of go there and then like you, you hear things, you hear things like the stories from the island. Like, so um, Puerto Rico won a silver medal in baseball in, in their world championship or whatever. And they actually took the next day off because they won second place. Right. So like, it's a very, and then and in my life, you know, I took my next day off, you know, after winning second place with Team Puerto Rico. It's just like the very interesting nuances where like, you know, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rican men have difficult home lives and like, you know, difficulties with fathers and, and stuff like that. You know, it's just very, it's very interesting of how, you know, you just start hearing stories of how other people grow up and you're like, wow, shit, like I was the same way, you know, but in the meantime, like I'm at the rank 14 hours a day because I, I was blessed with the opportunity of working at, at Aviator, you know, and being on the ice all the time. Yeah. As to how much we shit on working at a rank, there it does come with its benefits and perks. Like you're at the place that you love to be at and you want to be at it 
all, as much as you can, no matter what. Like, I, I, I know my, with myself, I love skating on, on the ice. I love being on the ice, regardless of how terrible it could be for, like, mm-hmm. a public skate shift. But just ha- being on the ice and feeling it and just sticking around for two, three hours is just a different feeling that you just can't get anywhere else. Yeah, even roller skating, like, I feel like at 25, my body doesn't even want to look at a weight. Like, it doesn't want to lift. It doesn't want to, it doesn't want to run. Like, anything that was done, it, it like, training for ice hockey, the lifting, the, the sprinting, and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, we lost Phil again. Matt, how are you doing? How's your uh, connection? You here? Are we waiting? I don't think he is. <laughs> I think he's here. Okay, there we I go. Think this epi- I think this epi is just called technical difficulties. That's not a bad. That's not a bad idea. Uh, is Mags a lot? No, oh, Mags is good. Well, that's a- oh, Matt's done. Matt's done. I was gonna take a photo. His photo is was just frozen there, like for a bit. I didn't know, but uh, well, I have a I have a question I wanted to ask Phil. I just just came up. Do you do you have the same like pregame rituals as you would as a ref compared to when you were a player, or is it completely different? Like I know some guys are extremely superstitious with everything they do in their lives, but do you follow that same sort of step by step day daily process when you're refing? Uh yeah yeah no like it's a little different now, Mitchie. Like instead of going to the rink and kind of like you know, going through the routine of like two hours before, you know, you get to the rink, you know, when I was playing competitively at Becker, I was, I was at the rink maybe like two and a half, two forty-five before the game. And it would be like foam roll stretch, you know, then it's the dynamic. And then, and then you're like, uh, you know, this doesn't feel right. So you go to the trainer. Um, and then you're like, Oh, that's, you know, let me warm up my hands. You know, as a rep, you don't really need to warm up your hands. Um, you know, but like now as a referee, like I don't really do much of a dynamic. Um, you know, I do stretch. I make sure my body feels good. A lot of different like breathing techniques now. And the kids back. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. You know, a, a lot of welcome back, Matt. Uh, a lot of different breathing techniques, kind of just mm-hmm. like, um, you know, box. What are we, what are, wait, what are we talking about? Uh, we're, we're talking, <laughs> it- <laughs> you're ruining this damn podcast being in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Montana is like that one, one tower that provides internet for an entire state. And Matt's like on the far end of that spectrum right there. But to bring Matt back up to speed, we're just it, asking, it, Phil, we're, it's we're, a heavy wind Phil, day. we're asking Phil is his refing pre-ref routine similar or the same as his pre-game routine as when he was a player yeah so so like you know there's really I don't really do much of a dynamic um you know I just you know I just make sure that I'm I'm personable you know make make sure that I'm in a good mood to kind of like talk to people and and stuff like that you know I'll find a player I'll find a player or two to kind of dick around with and warm up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I t- like I'll talk to the captains beforehand and be like, 
you know, listen, you guys can ask me any question, if whatever you want, right? But I'm not going to be talking to 25 guys. Like, a tripping penalty is a tripping penalty, you know? I either get it right or I don't, you know? It's, uh, it's kind of just maintaining that rapport with players that I really like. Um, and and, th- and this applies to, like, the higher-level hockey you do, not just, like, the fill-in yeah. for a youth game, just also for, like, yeah. high-end yeah. juniors. I will say on Phil's behalf, I've had him as a ref for both when I was playing and as a coach, and he is definitely one of the most personable refs I've seen. Thanks, man. I, tr- I strive myself <laughs> to be. I strive myself to be. Um, yeah, like, I, I mean, I'll try and talk to a couple of youth players here and there, but, like, you know, they're 10, 12 years old. You really can't say too much. You really can't say too much to them, but like, I don't by, know. By youth, by youth, I mean like 16 U, like single A and double oh, A kids. Oh yeah, I'll try and mess with those kids. I'll try and say something. I'll try okay. and get. I'll try and get in there. Any any level where it's like um, physically, um, I'm trying to find the right like where there there could be a possibility of a physical or uh, altercation. I always try and like sneak find like the tallest kid and be like hey are you gonna be a fucking problem with me today or what <laughs> for no one for yeah. no one for everyone that doesn't know phil phil's uh on the shorter end of the spectrum not too yeah. short <laughs> anyone six anybody five eleven and above is tall for phil. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we have to get a step ladder for phil i'm like i'm like five nines tall I'm like, fuck, I wish He's I got the five. step steel in his skates to appear a little taller on the ice. <laughs> it, it makes me turn like a Mack truck, but, like, I, 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 need, <laughs> I need every inch I could get. In fact, it's funny that you say that. I was at a Nall game, and um, it was actually one of my first, first good tilts. I'll send you guys a video later. But I get messed up in this thing. I get in there way too early. And then, like, all of a sudden, these two kids just go over the top, and I'm like, oh, shit, there goes my ACL. Luckily, I, <laughs> I like, luckily, I come out of it unscathed, but I was like, whoa, that was cool. And then I look at the film, and I'm like, oh, my God, that was petrifying. <laughs> from that moment on, from that moment on, unless they're on the ice, and I'm just like, hey, is everybody okay? I don't touch them. <laughs> so, Phil, because you do ref youth games, do you see a difference in players from when we played to the younger guys coming up now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like um, I'll give you one example is that the, the way kids shoot nowadays, it's a joke. These kids shoot rockets. And uh, a big reason for that is, is that, um, you know, they started making use sticks with you know certain flexes you know you could get like a 20 flex stick you could get a 30 you could get a 15 for the 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 little guys um and and what that teaches the younger kids how to do is use flex at a young age and now when they're 12 13 years old that they're started handling you know 50 flex sticks standard flex sticks they know how to use them they're all piss missiles they all shoot piss missiles right um but like when i was coming up you know, and probably cats and E2, you know, you kind of probably at the tail bit of that, you know, we, we had our dads hand me down sticks, you know, that are probably 300 flex because they're cut in half, you know, so you don't really learn how to properly use flex of a stick. 
I remember yeah. kids when I was still a mite using wood sticks. Yeah, exactly. There's no more of that. There's no more kids using wood sticks. But also, like, the youth youth graphite sticks are pretty cheap. You know, the 20, 30, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever they are. Well, I, I, feel, I feel like now there's more technology. Like, they have, like, those shooting pads and all that other stuff. Oh, that kids coming up now have the world to use at this point. There's yeah. so much more technology out there than from when all oh, of yeah. us we're not that old, but from when all of us were coming up, none of this technology was really around. Well, well like, 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 a, like I, you know, like I said, you, you, so like, when did I start coaching? I started coaching when I was 15 and I started, uh, I discovered this company called Raven. Raven's one of the, the sticks that I was telling about. They make, make yeah. like uh, under 30 flex sticks. Um, so I'm 15 at this point. So, so from, from 10 years, 10, 15 years, you know, that development already happened, you know, like go, go watch a game from like 2000. You're going to see an entirely different game. Just shot speed, even guys skating, like the way guys skate is so more, so much more advanced now. But isn't that uh, with the game though, like evolution in the game, like it doesn't happen. Like everything we see, it just evolves. It's not just like. Yeah, I mean, you like, could only teach so much, so much in a lot of sports. It does come down to a lot more of the new technology, though. I think also the also the way players process process the game now. I think it's, I think they definitely look at it more as a game rather than you know like the whole Chucky Slick like you know junior hockey type of thing like. You know, even even at like the tier three junior level, you you know you start seeing like, you know, the kids are moving away from those big groups of sewer from when we were playing to like you know maybe like a group of six or seven. Yeah. Right. So it's like Bobby Orr says it this way, and like I'll rephrase it: you're not going to see another kid that comes from the pond. And what he means by that is that every kid's going to be coming up that's going to have trainer a skating coach a shooting coach uh, a sports psychologist and a nutritionist and those are going to be the kids that get from being a players at u9 to triple a players at like you know u13 and see that's where it's like that comes a lot from the families too it's how much what where they come from and what their background is too because when you look at some of the families where it's like they have the facilities to provide their kids all that, the sports psychologist, the nutritionist, the, the shooting coach, the skating coach, most families now don't really have the, the ability to provide all that. So you, some people are just blessed with having families that have the money for all that, but others are just kind of shit out of luck when it comes to all the all those stuff out there for the kids to use. Yeah, so, I mean, like, per, go ahead. What do you? No, got? go ahead, Phil. You go first. Well, I was just gonna say, like, Mitchie, like, you know, my dad, like, my dad, my dad started playing roller hockey at like age fourteen, you know, and he didn't know much, but what he did yeah. is that he, he financially put me in a situation where, you know, he sent me out to camp in Massachusetts, and you know, I was so like. 100% dialed into what was going on that the guy was like, Hey, why don't you stay another week? 
And then one week turns to two, two turns to three, three turns to four. And then my dad calls me up like six weeks later. And he's like, hey, you know, you have school next week. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. And then, you know, he picks me up and then we go home. So, like, the, you know, I didn't come for much, but like the game and the game has really blessed me with putting good people in front of me. And, you know, I'm, I'll be forever grateful for that. And I know we're starting to pull on some heartstrings right now with whoever, whoever listens here as to how they started playing hockey or what, what they went through growing up. But, Phil, let's get into some lighter stuff. And what's your favorite story from playing? And what's your favorite story as a ref? Oh, wow. Jeez. Like one where you look playing? back at it, wow, I was fucking stupid. Every, every story that I have – like I can't tell on the podcast because it's <laughs> like there's a that's a safe sports violation now. <laughs> but we've said some things on here. Uh, yeah. No, for, for the guys who aren't playing anymore, safe sport cracks down real hard on. Yeah, anything. they do. <laughs> well, um, this this story is I would love to tell right now, but I know yeah. right now I won't have a job tomorrow morning. Yeah, we're both in the same position. <laughs> Um, All right, what are some of your like PG 13 or like TV 14 story that you got for us? So the, 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 the craziest, the, the most, all right. So this is, this is my, probably my most memorable person from junior. We had this bus driver named Mo. Um, do you, Max, do you know, I see you laughing. Like, do you know him? Do you know? I don't know Mo, but I just know. Any story that starts with a bus driver and juniors is obviously going to just be a oh. great story. I love every single one of the bus drivers I have in my career. So <laughs> we had this guy, we had this guy, Mo, and like, dude, when we were like, when we were winning, he was like our best friend. Like he was, he was one of the boys. Like he was awesome. But when we were losing, he would come into the room, like fucking kick garbage cans right behind Stanny. I was like, I'm like, it got to a point where I was like, Mo, like, like, listen, we're, we're like, oh, and two, and we have a game tomorrow. Can we, like, get the room to figure our shit out? And he's like, you know, yeah, you guys need to fucking go. You guys fucking walking home. I'm like, wow, all right, cool. So, like, that's who you're, deal- that's who you're dealing with. Um, Mo drove an 18 passenger bus for a group of 26. So that math already doesn't add up. Um, <laughs> It, it adds up. Rookies on the floor. No, no. Well, we had, back back, we, back when rookies could be on the floor, rookies were on the floor. <laughs> no, what we did was uh, vets, vets, vets in the trailer. We had this. Oh. We had this um, like Mercedes. Um, shoot, what's it called? This like I know in the blue tent, like a work van. Yeah, yeah, like a work van. So. Fit, it fit the rest of our group, 10 guys or whatever, but the seats were comfortable. The seats were comfortable. You usually get places early because you don't have to worry about, like, where the bus has to go. Right. Right. Um, the only thing that sucks is that you're you're in the, the back with, like, 25 hockey bags. But, like, it, you know, like, that small, smell. Small price right. to pay for comfort. Exactly. Exactly. So we did vet, It's a vet. smell that we all got used to after a while. It doesn't bother <laughs> you anymore. Yeah, it's, it's it's so we did vets in the trailer. So this guy Mo, we're coming back from somewhere, 
And actually, Jerome Jerome is losing his mind. At, Jerome and I are both losing our mind because, like, I forget where we're coming from, but we're coming from somewhere, and like now we're driving through like Canarsie, and like, okay. yeah. and like not like the cool parts of Canarsie. So so Jerome's losing his shit in the back of the bus. I'm like, Yo, Mo, where are we going? He's like, I gotta drop off money to my brother. I'm like. Like we're coming back from somewhere. Like, wh- what did you? Why does your brother need money? He's like, yeah, he's at the strip club. He ran out of money. <laughs> so, so, in <laughs> with a twenty passenger or eighteen passenger bus, this guy thinks it's a good idea to drive to a strip club to deliver his his brother money from uh, yeah, with a group full of kids on the bus. Did any of the boys enjoy some time at the strip club? Uh, no, I don't. No, we didn't get off the bus. No, no, the 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 brother literally like ran on and ran off. Um, I don't think I don't think Stan would appreciate that. No, Stanway would not have appreciated that at all. No, he was not on the bus. No, 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 no. Stanny, Stanny was in the Stanny. Stanny was either driving or sitting passenger in the uh, in the the uh, the other bus. Then we had we uh, had. This other story, my dad was actually driving the bus because my dad worked for uh, MTA and he has a CDL. So he drove within the tri-state area. So like he did trips to like Jersey, Jersey, Mass. Uh, I think he was able to get into New Hampshire. So um, we have this kid on the bus. I won't name names, but we have this kid on the bus and he's like, yo, Mr. Garcia, my stomach hurts. You know, I got to use the bathroom. No bathroom on the bus. No bathroom on this party bus. He... My dad's like, we're, we're on, like, the Garden State Parkway. Anybody driving, you know there's no rest stops. Like, you know no, there's no, no rest stops. stops. There's nope. no stops between Scranton and fucking New York. So that's where, that's where we are at this point. Yo, I'm just going to see you. My stomach hurts. My dad finally finds his place to pull over. This kid bolts out of the bus. It's dark. There's no lights. But you just you – just, you hear the noises like, oh my god, oh <laughs> shitting on the side of the road. We have this kid, Seth Musel. Seth a beauty. Um, always has a lip in, which is one of those kids. Uh, he comes out of the bus, he goes, Yo, you all right? Takes us take a whiff, vomits, keeps his lip in. Pieces, pieces that's in. impressive that's impressive that, that's what everybody said that's what everybody <laughs> said everyone was like yo how how do you still have the lipid forget what was happening out there how do you still have the lipid we moved <laughs> that that just happened to how do how do you keep the lipid and then we go on our merit for everybody listening who's never had a uh, chew or had a lipid it's almost impossible anytime like something like that happens to not have it come out like oh it's my. it's usually right at the bottom of your lips, so every time you open your mouth, it should just fall right out. I don't know how most impressive thing I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> Phil, when, when you were playing, were you a big lip guy? No, 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 no. I I was I was given my first chew at the age of like twelve, thirteen. Uh, did it? Uh, didn't really like it, and then. I did it again when I had braces and like that was just an awful experience and it kind of just turned me uh-huh. off to 
yeah, it turned me off to it and never, uh, never really been since. In fact, my dad gave my, I got a, this is a funny story. I got a speeding ticket and my dad told me to get Jerome off chewing in order for me to get my car back. <laughs> <laughs> so Jerome was a big chew guy. Jerome. Yeah. Jerome was, Oh my God. I, I don't know. I hope he doesn't still chew, but if he does chew, uh, my dad's gonna kill him and I guess get take my car. I don't know, <laughs> but but it's uh, been ten well, years. Hope... But Phil's gonna still lose his car. Yeah, I'll still lose my car. No, I walk. Well, let's hope your dad doesn't listen to this. Yeah, I walk back into the. I walk in the locker room. I'm like, uh, Jerome, listen, uh, you gotta stop chewing. He's like, No, nah, man. I'm like, I'm like, No, Jerome. Like, you have no. You you have to stop chewing. Like, this is this isn't a conversation. Like, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he has this since he probably has. I wouldn't doubt it. So, Phil, what's your memorable story in your ongoing refing career? I know you oh. told me a few. I know you told me a few. Yeah. But I want to hear which one, which one you think is your most favorite so far. Uh, we'll talk on the hard strings a little bit. I actually got my sister into it. And I had the opportunity to work some youth games with her. Um, so that was pretty, that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool experience. Um, I, you know, it's always cool working like the first two, three games with somebody. Um, besides that, for myself, uh, I had the opportunity to work the CCC championship game this, this season. Uh, we had something like 1,700 people at UNE. Uh, packed house, wow. Unbe- wow. Un- unbelievable game, man. Like they went all the way to OT. I think they ended up playing either one or two OTs. Um, and like when when I say that it was almost easier to skate in front of that many people, I'm being serious because like you have to be so in tune to what's going on that you you can't you can't you don't have the time to think about something else. Yeah, you know. Um, that was an awesome experience. Um, I had uh, EHL Premier uh, Championship this past week, and uh, we actually had the opportunity to use review at that level oh. in, in that game. Um, and that was such a cool experience. And the way the review worked was that we had to initiate it. So, like, if let's say, so, like, I mean, it happened in our game. Like, I have a good goal, but there's a kid standing in the crease. All right, so now I have the op- – I'm like – I go to my linesman. I was like, hey, did you like that goal? And he's like, nah. I was like, all right, let's take a look at it. So we go take a look at it, and, uh, you know, they have the headset and everything all hooked up for you. All It's all super, super cool. We're at Providence. And uh, I'm like, hey, let me see Gray's overhead. He plays it real quick, and I'm like, oh, shit, I don't think that's a goal. All right, like, we, you know, like, play it back can you slow it down? Right. So we're having like this little chat and then I see the kid in the crease and the goalie goes to put out his blocker. And because he, mm-hmm. the kid standing at his blocker, he can't, he can't get it out there. Right. So right. it makes the goalie not able to play his position. Puck goes in. I come I come out of the, come out of the gate after looking at this thing for maybe like 20, 30 seconds, not a lot of time. I look at both benches. I look up top. I'm standing there and I just go, no. <laughs> now, Phil, do, uh, just do a good as old a, West McCauley. 
Yeah, as 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 West <laughs> McCauley as possible. As a tier three <laughs> coach, I would love to have video review at our games. Do you think there's a place for it in tier three? Dude, yeah, like, so I'll give you. It can't be initiated by the coach. It can't. No, it can't, I mean, you know, that, we would be challenging it. everything. Yeah. Like even in my even in that game at the end of the game the co- the captain comes up to me he's like we want to look at offsides on the overtime goal I'm like no like there's people celebrating in front of us like it you know it can't work like that um, so I want to say yes because it gives officials the experience and the the tools to get things right um, but like. You know, man, like you've seen it. Not every facility accommodates. You know, what if it's not working? Then officials are going to. Oh, I think we lost him again. Yeah, we did. Technical difficulties. <laughs> can everybody hear me? Yeah. Now we, now we, yeah, now we cool. can. You're good. All right, cool. Uh, they had a round robin at Providence, and then you know the the championship games, the the final final games. They had the op- the the ability, we had the ability to review. So like, I I would love it if they gave it to us in round robin. I think that'd be awesome, um, but definitely not in regular season. No, that, no, no. Yeah, because so- you'd have coaches challenging everything. I, I mean, yeah. I've de- I've definitely had my fair share of my one year of coaching. Definitely arguments with the ref over some calls that I obviously thought were completely wrong, <laughs> and just I, it's, I, I think, it's always the ref fault. No, no there, the ref's fault. That's how... there, there was some of them that I could honestly say, you know what, the ref might not have seen it, but it was so blatant that happened behind the play that you could just tell something wrong happened yeah like, like there, there was one game we had a three-man crew i saw a kid just get straight elbowed in the face after he let go of the puck the rush was already up the ice the kids cutting down the circle elbows the guy in the face he, kids down on the ice no chance he was getting up the ref just turns around looked at the kid on the ice and watched the play go on that like, it like- was so clear that something dirty happened but Ethan, you don't, don't, don't even start. Ethan, don't even start. Do not even start, Ethan. Phil, have you seen the video of Ethan's hit? I'm going to send it to him right now. Oh, let me see this. Did, are you getting hit or giving a hit? He get, gets, he's getting oh, hit. No, he, no got, he gets knocked out. He gets completely knocked out. I say it was a dirty hit, but at the same time, Ethan's full, at fault for not having his head up. <laughs> My head was up just last second. Your head was up your ass, if that's what you're saying. I just love hearing the look. The announcers are great. They were great during this video. I like. I, I, we we don't I, give them enough credit. We don't. I, I love Sheridan's announcer just for this call. This <laughs> one call. It's loading. It's coming on. You know. You know who has a great announcer? You guys are gonna think I'm nuts. Curry. Curry has a fantastic announcer. Curry College. Florida Eels and now the Florida Everblades ECHL team has one of mm-hmm. my favorite announcers of all time. He was the announcer when I played there, and he's the announcer for the Florida Everblades in the ECHL now. I just did an interview with him earlier this week. 
Nick Roche is one of the best announcers I've heard in junior hockey. Nick Roche. Oh he's done God. some of the. He's done some USPHL games too. Panero, who are you playing for? The American. It, it was when I was the goalie coach for the Americans. Oh, Phil's examining oh, this now. <laughs> <laughs> that was all of our reactions too. Oh man. Ethan was too dead to tell me it happened. His mom told my mom, and my mom told me. Ethan's uh, girlfriend. I was I was getting I dinner for the team. I was getting dinner for the team, and Ethan's girlfriend called me asking if he was still alive. You got to put the sound on, and then you got to play it in slow motion. That's the best time to look at it. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> that's a penalty. <laughs> that's one hundred percent a penalty. He got a ten. He got a ten minute misconduct for the good night. That was it. Oh. He- I didn't see the rest of it. He did a good night. <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. No, he, he doesn't. He looks at our bench and goes, good night. <laughs> oh, man. What timestamp is it? I'm looking. It's right. Like right after right the happens. Once the ref grabs him, he just goes, good night. <laughs> Just the two? Oh. Did he get a 10 or did he just get the 10? I, I, think he just, I think he got a 10 in a game. Well, you don't remember, E. He doesn't remember the play. Yeah, you don't remember that, was his, that was his third shift of the game. He's a minus two by then. Oh, yeah, Phil. He was a, he was a minus record. three in a minute and a half. It's a franchise record. But I'm, I'm happy to have that. It's a league record. And I'm happy to have that. <laughs> Yo. He was a minus three in one and a half minutes of game time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, boys. I had, I had some work coming. All right. What was that? I'm back. He was a minus three in a minute and a half of shift time that game. That was in the third period. Isn't that great? No PT. You just, you, just, you know, sometimes you just got to get it out of the glass, hit the glass and get it out. <laughs> Oh, no. Sometimes you let the pass go. You don't even try to catch it. Dude, that – like, listen, I mean, I'd probably go minor charge there. The good night was definitely awesome, though. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's funny. Point. Every I I went to that rink about seven, eight times this season. Every time we were, I was there, I sent a photo of that, that spot on the ice to Ethan. Just with a dead body carved out. <laughs> yep. No, he goes, you remember this? I was like, no. Nope. <laughs> I, I actually had I had one of the kids who was on the team lay down in that spot unconscious <laughs> and took a photo of that. I got, that's I, that's got all... knocked, I got knocked out like that versus um Binghamton used to have a team. And uh oh wait, everybody's frozen. I still hear you, Phil. You're frozen, I hear you. you. Uh, so I got knocked out versus Binghamton. Kid elbows me in the head. I go out. I wake up. I wake up to the trainer over me and Keegan Bricks over me too. And um, like, I, I don't know what's going on. They take me off the ice. I see, I see one of our former players and I was like, oh, hey, man, like you lost weight. Was, <laughs> go back into the room. Like, don't even think anything of it. The trainer, the trainer looks at me. She's like, 
I'm an NCAA and junior athletic trainer. You have a concussion. I'm going to leave the room so you could start throwing things. That was it. That was it. Um, Dude, I wish that half the trainers were that honest. Honestly, yeah. They would, they would stick with me sometimes where it would just be like, I just want just, – let's leave. Please just leave. I don't want to hear you say I can't get back on the ice. Just leave. I was playing a game in Jersey, and I took a shot off – the kid shot the puck from behind the net and it nailed me right under the back plate. Yeah. I just remember waking up to the trainer standing over me like, hey, you good? I was like, <laughs> I didn't, I was trying to check the scoreboard, see if it, the puck went in or something. Cause I didn't know what happened. And all, all of a sudden I see my coach come up to me. He's like, Hey, you're not going back in in the third. I was like, why? What happened? <laughs> I had uh, our trainer, our trainer at Be- uh, Becker, um, Kayla. She she was fantastic. So uh, I get hit. I get hit in the head. I get I get you know I'm down. I'm down. And I don't know. We're at we're at like one nothing, and there's like 17 minutes to go. And like I I knew I get hit in the head, but like I knew I I knew I'm all right. I'm on the ice. They run out. They run out. And they're I'm like. Hey, hey, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm good. What are the refs doing right now? And they're like, oh, they're all talking. And I'm like, is there any time on the board yet? No, not yet. I'm like, okay, we're going to sit here for like 10 seconds. And then I'm going to get up. And then we're going to go to the bench. All right. But we're going to milk this. We're going to make this look real good. (laughs) (laughs) So we wait the 10 seconds. was that nothing like giving your team a good old breather doing better for you <coughs> throwing a little length to get to the bench next next thing i see on the board is a five five in a game for head contact <laughs> we go, we go. and i run our first power play so we send pp2 out we go they go out for like 30 40 and then i jump out like right after <laughs> like Nick nothing was, ever happened, right? Like nothing ever happened. <laughs> like nothing ever happened. And it, it, it's like it was like my one one goal of four of the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Nothing like a bunch of hockey players to milk out the fucking penalty, huh? Listen, you gotta you gotta play the cards. You gotta play your cards accordingly. All right, I want to take a second to thank Phil for coming on to the podcast. Everybody give him a round of applause. Yeah, this ain't bad, boys. No. Guys got got something going for you. Like I said, this is just – it's just a bunch of guys getting together, shooting the shit, and enjoying company. Like, we're all in different parts of the country right now. This is going out Friday. best way for us to stay connected. I miss Johnny. Yeah, I know. We, we missed Johnny the past two episodes. John, well, he's on a spiritual everybody. retreat right now. We got to give it to him. Let him Is do he his actually? He, yeah, no, he's on a retreat. He went back to our high school retreat. I went he's on. He's in now, so. Oh, God. Oh, God. Edit that part out. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, we almost had a perfect. We almost went so. We, we almost perfect. 
That was the now, best. Po- this has been the best podcast. An hour five minutes. Time. You know, yeah. we we almost made it. We almost made it perfect. But <laughs> sorry, guys, sorry. Boys. Before we end, I got to bring it up just to piss off uh, one person specifically. Uh, so uh, we're not going to talk about how North Carolina choked like that bad. Like, so we- as everybody, we want to thank you again for listening to the podcast. Uh... <laughs> On that, we got Ethan. We got Mitch. We got Phil. Thank you for coming on, Phil. And Frankie, we still don't know why he's here. We're rocking with him. Damn. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This is a podcast of a bunch of friends just staying together and shooting the shit. Have a great weekend, everybody. All right. Thanks, boys.